This morning, I am talking about knowing the unknowable. Knowing the unknowable. There's like a curious two or three verses in the Bible uh, that Paul writes to the Ephesians that's got a couple of phrases in there that when you stop and think about them, you think, gosh, this is, this is a bit of uh, weird stuff. But, uh, but so, Ephesians 3, 16. Let me, start with, let me start by reading these couple of verses. So this is Paul who was writing to the church in Ephesus and this is what he was praying for them and even though it was 2,000 years ago, he's praying for us now. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he, which is Father God, may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Okay, that's good, we'll take that. May God you strengthen us this morning with power not just nice thoughts, but with power in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay, that's good. I'm there with this now. I like that idea. I pray that you being rooted and established in love, I'll come back to the idea of rooted at the end, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. You know, we have this treasure in jars of clay. We're, we're vessels that God wants to fill. In another place, we're talked about as temples of the Holy Spirit. So I think you've got the idea. We've got the idea of your emptiness, my emptiness, and we've got the idea of a God who wants to fill us. And it's into this that Paul is praying. Not just that we'll be full of God, that would do, filled with the fullness of God he's talking about. Filled with the fullness of God. What on earth does that mean? I'm not, not 100% sure, but I think I have some ideas that, that maybe help us this morning. The first one is the idea that the fullness of God is available to each and every one of us. It's not as though Colin gets 15% and I get 5%. You know, it's not as though God has, has some people that he wants to fill with all of his blessing and some that he doesn't want to fill quite as much. You know, an A team and a B team. That God, all of us have the opportunity to be filled with the fullness of him. Then this idea of of filled, this word filled comes up in the New Testament in other times as well. This specific word, when when it talks about this word plural, it talks about being filled with sorrow. So when we think about being filled, filled with sorrow is another example of where it's used. Filled with anger. Filled with jealousy. Filled with joy is another time this same word is used. So to be filled with something is to be in the grip of something. To have something become the controlling influence in our lives. So when Paul is praying this, he's saying, I'm praying that God will be the controlling influence in your lives. Not anger, not jealousy, not sorrow, but but God himself. To to be filled means God is ever increasing. The journey of our lives, if we haven't quite worked it out by yet, and and we'll make many mistakes along the way. Thankfully, I think we all understand that bit. But the journey of our lives is that we have an experience of this ongoing fullness of God. That his heart, his desire is, is this thing that is a clay vessel. is for God to, to fill us and fill us and fill us throughout our times. 
the controlling influence, governing our feelings, our desires, our thoughts, our hopes, our relationships, our words, our actions, our reactions, our calendar, our bank account. At any given time, we might be hangry, sad, lonely, righteously indignant. But as children of God, if we're responding to Paul's prayer, if we're on this journey of wanting more and more of his fullness, we're not allowing those emotions to control us. We'll continue to walk in the spirit of God. I think it's quite a profound thought. God, are you the controlling influence in my life? Have I really done that deal with you? I believe if we've given our lives to him, we've done that deal. And I want to remind us of that this morning. I remember years ago, hearing a guy speak, a guy called Bob Dunnett, old boy preacher who was quite renowned and, and had a real anointing from God and speaking to us as a group of young people. And he didn't expand on the verse, he just read this verse and the Spirit of God filled the room. Ephesians 5.3, he just read, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Gosh, just the room changed as the Spirit of God, I, I believe, was asking the question to many people. Am I the controlling influence in your life? And some will respond with, well, I'm not listening to that. And others would respond with, actually, I want to be full of you, Lord, not that. Lost count of the number of times we sat with married couples, and, and again, we, we relate to this incredibly well because we, we would see that we could easily be in that situation where they where it's felt like through the conversation of difficulty that people are having, it's almost as though God is shouting. I've never heard God audibly. I don't mean that, but it's crystal clear to the four of us sitting in the room, just really crystal clear that God is almost shouting that, you know, forgiveness is needed here. Prefer one another in this moment to experience the healing in God's marriage you know the fullness of God wants to enter the pain in that moment and, and forgiveness must flow and it's clear what needs to be done and some walk out the door clearly with the intention well I ain't doing that and others though even though it's incredibly difficult walk out the door saying I'm willing to let you Lord be the controlling influence in our lives specifically in that situation that's what it means to be filled with the fullness of God occasionally when I speak about money people will say to me well I, I want to be generous I just want to be generous that you know I, I heard you speak about it before and and and, and there's something really that's the sort of person I want to be I just want to be generous well it's easy just start giving you know it's not it's not actually difficult. Just, just do it. That's the only way to start the process. Just do it. Give some money away. And someone leave the conversation and say, well, next month I'll start that. And it's not for me to be overly, unless I'm invited into a deeper conversation to say much, but as soon as I hear those words... I know that because they're coming to me not because I've said something to provoke them. They've come to me because I think the Lord has wanted to say to them, I want to fill you with more of me. You know, I've got more for you. The fullness of God, may it fill you. And yet this, for whatever reason, is an obstacle. But as soon as we say, God, well, maybe in the future, 
Whereas others, will you be the controlling influence in my life? The goal of every Christian is to be filled completely with God so that his character, his attributes, and his love define our existence. I didn't read the start of it where Paul is saying in this prayer, he's saying, I'm kneeling before the Father in heaven and praying this for you. This is big stuff, isn't it? You know, this isn't a throwaway thought. He's, he says, I'm kneeling before the Father. He's saying, I desperately want this stuff for you. You know, what do we want to be known as? People who go to church? Will that do? Not sure that even helps much. You know, they, you walk into the workplace the next day, well, I go to church. Maybe some people have a good view of that and some people have a bad view of that. But in and of itself, being known as going to church ain't a big deal, is it? I want to be known for being wealthy. I'm sure we'd all want more money, but do we want to be known for that? For having a good car? I'm amazed the prayer walking thing that's just come to an end. We prayed over half of the city. One of the things that absolutely fascinated me, and I, I, I don't understand it, so I, I, I'm not, but how you'd have relatively small houses and really expensive cars. It's just one of the things that I saw time and time again. I don't know if they get them from work or if people want to spend money on cars rather than houses. You've got something that depreciates a lot versus something that holds its value. I don't know. I don't, do we want to be known for the car we drive? Gosh, isn't life a bit more about more than that? And so Paul, on his knees, is begging, may, may you be known as the sort of person who's full with the fullness of God. So we're, when we're in that work meeting, people know that kindness, or they know that peace is going to come out of your mouth. Reconciliation, maybe when times are tough or when we've left the room maybe people will say it's not quite the same when they're not there they might not know what we're articulating here but something could be known as a person who's filled with the fullness of God and then he goes on he's obviously carried away in his prayer isn't he he's obviously carried away here got a bit excited but then he says know this love that surpasses knowledge how can we know a love that surpasses knowledge I don't know if you've you know, thought about those verses. Let me read it for you uh, in the Amplified Bible, which gives a little bit more detail. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge. Not without experience, that is. That you may be filled up thoroughly throughout your being, sorry, to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives completely filled and flooded with God himself gosh yes please Lord I think in a church gathering I think there are three states of heart and we've all been in all three of them so, so just I think there's three. There might be more, but just would be my reflection. There's the person that just might be seeking. I remember vividly walking into a service just like ours before I was a Christian, thinking, what on earth is this? You know, what on earth is this? Why are people raising their hands? What's the word singing when there's no words on the screen? What's that language that people seem to be singing and I don't understand? Why are so many people smiling? You know, is this genuine or is there something wrong with them? You know, all, all those. 
30 years later and beyond. Both is true, isn't it? You know, both. If you're in that place of seeking this morning, my welcome to you is above everybody else in the room. I'd love to talk to you about where you are on your journey because it's a really exciting place to be. Then there's those of us that are, our relationship with God is like the fourth emergency service. You know, Lord, when I'm in crisis, I'm calling on you. You know, you're not literally dialing the phone, but you know, you know the sort of prayers. God, I've not talked to you for a very long time, but I'm in the stock now and I really need your help. And we've all been there. Something of the grace of God, he answers those prayers and doesn't mind us praying them. He's incredibly generous to us. But he's not looking for people that pay him a visit once a week. That's not the nature of the relationship that God is looking for. Paul is praying that we will be a people that truly experience him, truly encounter God, that come with hearts that are hungry to be filled time and time again. He's saying head knowledge isn't enough. Historical knowledge isn't enough. It's beyond words to explain how can we know that isn't, how can we know something that isn't knowable? But the the third sort of person is that person that comes and just says, I don't know much, Lord, but I know that I want you to fill me. I really want to know you. I want your love to be the fuel of my life. It's interesting. uh, Sarah's got an electric bike. A few others of you have got electric bikes. Uh, I haven't got an electric bike. So when we're going up hills... I'm slow going up hills on my bike, really slow. And so I'm like puffing and panting my way up a hill. And then somebody who's another cyclist, they love seeing people like me on the, on the hills because they think it gives them a real ego boost to overtake me. You can sense those people that are like thinner and I'd like to say younger, but not always, but like they just fly past me. These people that are cycling past me and you think, oh, well, good for you. I'll never be that person. But the, and that's fine. But then what sometimes is funny, when Sarah puts her electric bike on power three, she overtakes them. So, so like, and her bike looks just like a normal bike. And so it takes them a while to realise that, like, this, this lady of a certain age has overtaken this person who's so pleased with themselves for overtaking me because she flies up the hill. But the way it works with an electric bike is if you don't, it's not like a motorbike where you don't have to pedal and do anything. It's not like a scooter you get on and press a button. It only works, the motor is only activated when you pedal a bit yourself. You've got to put something in to get something out. And our walk with God is more like that than riding a motorbike. I think Ben explained it a couple of weeks ago, I found incredibly helpful, where he says we cannot, we cannot fill ourselves. When we talk about being filled with the fullness of God, when we talk about knowing something that's unknowable, we, we could, this doesn't come from within. What this is, what this is, is, is us positioning ourselves to receive from God. I've told the story before, uh, uh, when you watch somebody park uh, to fill up their cars with fuel, and you can see they've parked just a bit too far away from the fuel tank. And for a good while, they're pulling it, aren't they? They're pulling it and pulling it. And you can see, because you're not in the emotion of the moment, that fuel pump is never going in that car. 
unless you move the car, it ain't working. And even if the fuel was flowing, it ain't filling your car. The only thing that can work to fill the car is for you to move. But it takes a while for people to stop the tug and eventually realise we've got to to move it. And for us, it's exactly the same. We position our hearts to receive from him. The fuel will flow. But each and every one of us can be filled if we want. When Becca went off to study theology at university, probably the conversation we had the most, probably bordered with it, was that sense of, they'll teach you loads about the Bible and that's a good thing. They'll teach you loads about the Bible. Your head knowledge will increase. That's wonderful. But they are, what they're not going to teach you at university is to experience God for yourself. One can lead to the other, but they're not the same thing. I feel jealous sometimes. I didn't grow up with the Bible stories. I never went to a Sunday school. And so I came to these Bible stories pretty late in life, 19 before I started digging into the Bible. So I talked to some of you guys that grew up in a culture of reading the Bible from young. You know the Bible much better than me. And, and, and part of me wishes I knew it earlier. But that ain't the main deal. The main deal is do I want to experience him? Rooted in love. May we all be rooted in God's unlimited love. Gosh, you need that fuel and I need that fuel. May we, be, may we experience God's love. May we be filled and controlled by his fullness. I was listening to a preacher the other day talk about he was going off to the mountains for a few days to have like a retreat with God, he was saying. He didn't know where the mountains were. You know, he just knew he wanted to go and have some sort of time with God, but he wasn't the sort of person who even know where the mountains were. So a friend drove him to the mountains. And his friend knew he was going. He said, oh, will you pray for me before you sort of leave me at the motel or wherever he was staying? I don't know where he was staying. And his friend prayed this for him. He said, Lord, I thank you that you get chance to spend time with this person. Lord, this is a real treat for you. Lord, may this really bless your heart that this person has given up their time for you. You see, rooted in love. This word rooted means intimacy. What God longs for, what Paul understood above all else is that God wants intimacy with each and every one of us. Wants us to know him, to be known by him. God doesn't reluctantly love us. God desires to pour that love into us. Final story for you, the band might want to come back. I've been focusing on this ongoing journey of our lives this morning. That we expand, we're like vessels that expand and and more of God fills us and fills us as we align our lives with him. And things will come along and burst the bubble a little bit. And then we just come back to God again and say, Lord, will you fill me afresh? That's the great thing about Christianity. We have countless second goes. So the journey of life is what I've been thinking about. But let me talk about the moment when we come and we pray the prayer. Let's think for a moment about Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. The disciples are hiding in an upper room. They're still full of fear. Back to that word of full. Still full of fear. 
And Jesus comes along and he says this to them. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus seemed to lean in, come close, and breathe on them. Something personal about that, don't you think? Deeply personal. You must be close to do that. You can't have been breathing, you can't breathe on somebody the other side of a room, can you? For them to sense your breath, they must be close. Jesus clearly wanted to come alongside and say, I want to breathe on you, receive the Holy Spirit. It's fascinating, through the whole of the Old Testament, you see where the Holy Spirit sometimes came on people to do a task. There's times when the Holy Spirit was with people to do something extraordinary. There's no single instance of the Holy Spirit indwelling somebody. Since Jesus prayed that prayer, as the people of God, we can have moments like we can have when we praise this morning. When we say, come and fill me in this moment, Lord. And those moments are what fuel us for what I've been talking about this morning. We don't have to be perfect. Just open. It's grace. You can't fill yourself. Totally impossible. As we worship him, we can just have an attitude of heart that says, fill us, Lord. You might sense this morning... You can't put diesel and petrol in the car at the same time, can you? You might sense this morning the Lord just saying, you can't be full of whatever that is and be full of me. Why don't you just choose me this morning? Why don't you just receive me this morning? Why don't you allow me breathe on you this morning? Just agree in your heart. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray and we're going to continue to worship. Lord, many of us in the room have already decided we want you to be the controlling influence in our lives. Sometimes it's a challenge, but readily we say, Lord, and mean it. So in this moment, in this moment, will you breathe on us afresh again? Will you breathe on us afresh again? Spirit of God, we welcome you. We welcome you. Lord, we say that we want to be filled with the fullness of you. We want our head knowledge to become heart knowledge. We want to experience you. Because otherwise we're not sure without that fuel how we're going to live the life you've called us to. Thank you, you never leave us on our own. Spirit of God, we welcome you.